Welcome to Just Curious Media. This is Let's Talk Cobra Kai. I'm Jason Connell. And I'm Sal Rodriguez. All right, Sal. Here we are back for another fun special episode. I'm loving these things. I'm getting so used to them. We got to continue them once we get back to the regular programming of season three of Cobra Kai. So true. After we knock out those 10 episodes, we will continue doing fun special episodes. Much like this, and today we are covering Peter Cetera's Glory of Love music video, which came out in 1986. Yeah, and I want to make sure the listener knows because there have been previous episodes where I've wondered anyway, is this the official theme song? I understand this is the official theme song of The Karate Kid Part 2. That is true. It was written, composed, and performed by Peter Cetera, who you may or may not know from the super popular band Chicago. Did you know that, Sal? Oh, yeah. Peter Cetera is from the group Chicago, which was formed in Chicago, of course, in 1967, and up until 1969 called themselves Chicago Transit Authority. Whoa. Peter joined in late 1967, and then he left the band in 1985. And this was his first single after leaving the band, which went on to reach number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Yeah, this song was off of his second solo album called Solitude Slash Solitaire. That was 1986. And he had another hit from this album, The Next Time I Fall with Amy Grant. This is the first hit from that album, Next Time I Fall, second hit from that album. And you're right. It is the theme song for The Karate Kid Part 2. But the song was originally written for the end of Rocky IV, but it was passed over by United Artists and thus became Karate Kid 2 folklore. So, yet again, the Rocky movies and Karate Kid movies seem very intertwined. I mean, it goes beyond John G. Avildsen, who directed Rocky 1 and Rocky 5, and Karate Kid, the Karate Kid Part 2, and the Karate Kid Part 3. Wow. It's crazy, huh? What other uh, connections between the Karate Kid and Rocky are there that we probably don't know about? Because you know what? I didn't know that this song was originally written for, which Rocky would it have been? Four. Rocky Four. Okay, no, I did not know that. Here's a little bit more trivia. The song also earned an Oscar and Golden Globe nominations for Best Original Song, and it was also nominated for a Grammy. Also cool as far as awards go, Peter Cetera won a Grammy in 1976 for If You Leave Me Now when he was with Chicago. So this guy's top of the heap. He is top of the heap. So as you may recall, The Glory of Love was also the title of Episode 8 and Season 2 of Cobra Kai. Yeah, I just found that out because I recently went through our entire library, just listened to season two, episode one through five of Let's Talk Cobra Kai, then season two, six through 10, as I was driving on a road trip recently. And I noticed that. I noticed that the glory of love was there labeled for that episode, but I did not know that. I only caught it, so I did not know. Well, the song was not credited in the episode. However, you're the inspiration by Chicago, was in the episode, and it has a very similar sound, Sal. So, Glory of Love, the song, was not in the episode called Glory of Love, Season 2, Episode 8 of Cobra Kai. And Sal, I noticed that we didn't bring this up when we did Survivor's The Moment of Truth. There was also an episode of Cobra Kai, Season 2, Episode 4, called The Moment of Truth. Okay, and is the song in the episode. Much like Gloria Love, it is not in the episode. Why did they do that? 
Why didn't they give us glory of love in the episode? Well, the movie Dazed and Confused does not have the incredible Led Zeppelin song Dazed and Confused in it. It doesn't always happen. And you're the inspiration and you're the uh, karaoke you're here. You're the inspiration has a very similar vibe and sound, I would say, to Glory of Love. You're the meaning in my life. You're the inspiration. You give meaning to my life. You're the... Uh, it just re- repeats itself, I guess. Satara would be proud. <laughs> so that's all the background I have on him and the video. And now we can jump into beat by beat breakdown, scene by scene. This is what sound I love to do. I just want to mention that you and I are are so on board together on many things related to the Cobra Kai Karate Kid universe, except for the fact that The Karate Kid is your favorite movie in the franchise, and The Karate Kid 2 is my favorite movie of the franchise, and this song is from The Karate Kid 2, which is my favorite movie in the franchise. It's true. It's my second favorite. Well, better than Karate Kid 3 anyway. All right, so here we go. We open with a tight shot of a type of wheel that's painted on the floor as the camera pans up and we see Peter Cetera walking around it. So he's in what looks like a martial arts dojo and it could also pass for a room in Mr. Miyagi's home, to be completely honest, Sal. Yeah, it's one of those traditional Japanese rooms where the architecture is, well, windowless. You know, don't take windows for granted. These old Japanese buildings did not have windows. They would have these sliding doors that open close, and those sliding doors that open close are really prominent in this video. It's like a room you would see in Benihana if you had a party and they'd put you back in another room and it would look kind of like this. I love Benihana. I go there every year. We should go there and celebrate sometime when Cobra Kai season three drops. I also thought it was pretty funny that Satara seems to be wearing a Steve Jobs type outfit. All black. Sleeves rolled up. Like, you know how presidents, they'll loosen up their tie and roll up their sleeves and it's to create an appearance. So obviously this is meant to invoke some sort of uh, image by having your sleeves pushed up. And it is the 80s. So let's not lose sight of that. And and I have no idea what Satara wore most of the time. So this might just be his go-to. You're right. It might just be a fashion thing, a style thing, having nothing to do with trying to project like a working man image or something like that. And I should also say that I remember seeing this video air all the time, and I was into Karate Kid Part 2, just not as much as the original. It was on so much that I just, I kind of started tuning it out, and it was fun to relive it in this episode and really get into it and see how closely married it was with the film. So, I do like it, and I'm really happy that we're delving into it. By the way, I just want to definitely mention, Jason, is that design on the floor, that red painted design, is the actual design from Daniel LaRusso's headband given to him by, of course, Mr. Miyagi. Now, interesting bit of trivia, I just learned this in an episode of Oprah Winfrey's Where Are They Now? Ralph Macho himself says the headband was not in the script and was given to him by Pat Morita, who just decided to put it on him. It was a handkerchief in Morita's pocket. So it was just sort of an impromptu thing that is now legendary. And more trivia, it gets even better. I learned, I don't think we've ever talked about this, Ralph Macho has a daughter named Julia and a son named Daniel. I didn't know that. I did know that, but that's wonderful. Love it. Great stuff. Anyway, that's the trivia. I saw the logo and I was wondering what that came from. It went right over my head. I didn't connect the dots. So good job. Yeah, I figured that that would have to have some sort of meaning. I didn't know right away. I had to double check. So when I first saw that on the floor, I thought, what is that, some sort of labyrinth or diagram? And yeah, I had to learn that is the design. Which brings to mind, though, if Pat Morita just pulled a handkerchief out of his pocket, gave it to Daniel, 
was there any sort of a copyright issue with using that design really belonged to somebody else? If they did, maybe they already paid for it. Yeah. Maybe there were some, uh, some sort of payoffs back in the day. Jerry Weintraub made some sort of deal. So now we get our first glimpse of a shot from the original Karate Kid as Mr. Miyagi does the crane kick. And Sal, this shot is like superimposed on one of those screen doors, if you will. So it's just a little hint of it. It's not even full screen yet. And then that's when the credits come on. Karate Kid Part 2, Motion Picture Soundtrack, United Artists Records, Warner Brother Records, Columbia Pictures. And now Peter Cetera begins to sing. But of course, it's not at camera, but rather past camera and off in a distance. And Sal, this seems to be a theme in 80s music videos. But there are these dramatic moments where then they will turn to the camera, as we're about to see. So they're looking camera left, they're looking camera right. And then all of a sudden, bam, there they are in your face. I think a very similar thing happened with uh, Survivor. Survivor, yeah. I guess it's a setup. <laughs> you know, They're just mm-hmm. lulling us to sleep. And then bam, they're in our face. Yeah, because in a few scenes when Peter Cetera goes right to camera, I remember physically going, oh, whoa, okay. This is the real deal here. Like, like he was talking to me, you know? So next we see Daniel and Kimiko running, Mr. Miyagi and Daniel walking, which are also superimposed, intercut with Satara, who is now locked in, as you just said, and staring at the camera. Right at this moment, when he first locks eyes with us, with the camera, is when he says, sometimes I just forget, say things I might regret. It breaks my heart to see you crying. Right there. He's saying that to the camera. To Sal Rodriguez. He's saying that to Sal Rodriguez. <laughs> he said it to no me. No wonder this is your favorite movie. No wonder. So now this leads to our worlds colliding in a grander way. Sal, what happens? Those window slash curtains open, revealing the motion picture, almost like the movie is floating out there in space as Peter Cetera is in this dojo. So right now, here we are seeing the training sequence with Daniel and Miyagi. So now we are in the flow and the action of Karate Kid 2. Exactly. And I like the way that the camera goes through and fills the frame as we go into this montage. So it's like Peter Cetera set it up. He's the puppet master. He set it up and we're actually in the movie, as you said. And you're right. We have them training. Daniel hits through the panes of ice, the classic scene in the movie. Daniel is nearly killed by the swinging mechanism at the old cannery. And Kimiko and Daniel wave at each other. Really cute exchange. And now we're back to Satara, who now seems to be focused on the ceiling for some reason, Sal. I like how you mentioned that a moment ago, though, how he's almost is like our guide, almost like a Rod Serling-esque yeah. type of, of persona. That's why like the all black, I'm beginning to appreciate even more now. Me too. Absolutely. So now we're back to Daniel Miyagi, and they're walking by the ocean, and Daniel has the towel wrapped around him, which of course is from The Karate Kid. But Sal, you made a good point before we recorded, stating that that scene was also included in a montage flashback from the sequel. So essentially, that shot and everything else in this video is really from The Karate Kid Part 2. Yeah, this movie, Karate Kid 2, gives us the montage from Karate Kid 1, and then Karate Kid 3 gives us the montage from Karate Kid 1 and Karate Kid 2. This trilogy loves their montages. They do. So when you say, oh, that's a scene from Karate Kid, it is, but also Karate Kid 2. You know who else likes their montages? Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai has had some great ones, and I'm looking forward to many more. Well, Jason, that scene in particular where Miyagi and Daniel are walking along the beach, that is seconds before they go up that little embankment and run into those two yokels. 
And Miyagi does the slicing off karate chop of the bottles on top of the car. Oh, yes. So this scene is seconds, moments before they approach their vehicle, which had the bottles on it. And I have issues with that scene, but we're not going to get into that. (laughs) If you want to hear more about that discussion, it is on the Karate Kid Special Edition. So now we see the dojo door close and we're back to Satara and he's really getting into this. So I like the way he's smiling while he's singing. He's really selling the movie. As I'm watching Peter Satara, I'm thinking, this guy's a good actor. Yeah, he's got a look. Yeah, I didn't look at IMDb, but but he, he can convey emotion and a calm, cool casualness about it. There's nothing overacting about him. He's delivering passionate words, passionate lines, and yet very cash and very relaxed. I completely agree with you. Next, the camera pans around him. And Sal, what do we see? We see Kumiko dancing with her fans, smiling flirtatiously at Daniel. I love this scene. I love the costume. I love the preparation that we saw of the bone dance, her getting ready for this moment. This is her moment to shine. We all know what happened, but this was her moment to shine, and I wanted her to shine. She looks gorgeous. Absolutely. And this is followed by Chosen holding her at knife point, Daniel hitting Chosen, Kimiko performing her dance, Daniel smiling, then the infamous tea ceremony with Kimiko as she literally lets her hair down, and they have, Sal, their first kiss. Yes, and I was wrong. I have to correct myself. I believe on previous episodes of Let's Talk Cobra Kai, I said he was interrupted before he kissed. They did kiss for a moment. They did have their lips locked until they were interrupted by the storm. Then the hurricane came in, diverted their attention, kiss over. Now, Sal, as I watch this music video to this point, it sure seems like they're giving a lot away. Well, they didn't give that much away. We don't see Sato at all. Okay, true. No Sato or no Yukie. Okay, fair enough. But this moment in the, in the music video is another one of those moments where Peter Cetera is getting serious. He looks right to the camera, like a knight in shining armor from a long time ago. Just in time, I will save the day. Take you to my castle far away. And he's right in the camera at this one. Another one of those intense moments. He's not looking camera right, not looking camera left, right to the camera on these pivotal lines. Because remember, in the motion picture, and I realized this right away when I saw Karate Kid 2 for the first time, That moment when he says that is at the very moment when Daniel and Kumiko are running toward King Shohashi's castle, right in sync with it. I mean, we're talking Pink Floyd, Wizard of Oz in sync moment right here. I love that he has closed fist and they go to open palms and almost jazz hands, if you will, because he is really fired up, as you said. And you nailed it. Like It was almost as if it was written for this movie, but we found out. It wasn't, which is crazy. It almost seems like this song is from the POV of Daniel toward Kumiko, but also from Daniel toward Miyagi. Almost a parallel, passionate love and dedication and loyalty to Kumiko and love and dedication to Mr. Miyagi. I would agree. If you think about the scenes, they're kind of going back and forth. Kumiko, Miyagi, Kumiko, Miyagi. We're seeing his, his two greatest loves at, the, at this time. Right now, these are his two greatest loves, Kumiko and Mr. Miyagi. And there they are, side by side. He has love for them both. I kind of thought there might be a parallel. And again, this is the perfect song for this movie. It does marry them together beautifully. And the sequel has so much beauty in it. You keep saying that it's not my favorite. No, it's not. But I hold this film in high regard. 
for its adult themes, for the way it raised the stakes. I think it has the most beautiful moment in the whole trilogy when Miyagi is sad over losing his father and doesn't say a word and is in tears and he's being consoled by Daniel. Mm. Beautiful mm. scene, incredible. Just that scene alone is worth watching the film. Yeah. So, I just want to go on record. I do love it. <laughs> All right. We're going to get hate mail if they thought you didn't like it. <laughs> All right. So, next we see the hurricane monsoon in full swing and Daniel and Kamiko are running, followed by Miyagi and Daniel fighting the conditions. And then Daniel on the ladder dealing with the sparks coming from the electrical pole as he was saving the girl. I mean, it's fast cut, Sal. It's going quickly here. Daniel is saving lives here. He's not just fighting in a tournament. He's not just fighting over a girl or fighting over embarrassment at a dance. He is yeah. saving lives. Yeah, this movie raised the stakes. There was a lot more at play. Miyagi was challenged to fight to the death as well. We know that it didn't happen. But yeah, this movie dealt with life and death circumstances, lost love, first love, I guess second love for Daniel. But, you know, it was a lot of things at play. At this very moment is where we're back on Satera and he's straight to camera again. I'm a man who will fight for your honor. I'll be the hero that you're dreaming of. By the way, for those of you karaoke people like me, you can do this song karaoke style on YouTube. It's fantastic. But one thing I would caution you is when you just Google Glory of Love lyrics, they're going to be a little bit different than this music video. Make sure that you're saying the right words. Very important for karaoke. So, as Satara says those lyrics, as you said, he's back on camera. I like that he's using his hands kind of like a cinematographer, a director. He's framing the shot. He uses his hands a lot, and I like that because he's not really moving much around the room. It's more body, language, hands, and of course, what he's focused on. And these are great lyrics. And he goes on to say, we'll live forever knowing together that we did it all for the glory of love. It's really great lyrics, and I love that they use that in Cobra Kai, and I'm really happy that it just works so perfectly in this film. I'm really happy to be here talking about the glory of love because you don't hear about love too much right now. We hear about pandemics. We hear about elections and government. We hear about uh, injustice and racism. We don't hear much about love. So before I start crying, let's move on. It's true. So now there's a wide shot of the dojo with Satara a little off to the left with a few images behind him. It looks like bonsais on opposite sides. And Sal, is that Daniel on the back wall? You know what? I don't know. I don't remember seeing it that closely. It looked like it was that scene with him and Miyagi, but they just had his silhouette, but not important because we go into a tight shot of Satara who's back to staring at the ceiling as we get a little chosen montage. He's got the side pointed at Daniel. He then takes a backhand from Mr. Miyagi, followed by Kamiko trying to restrain him. Then Miyagi with the din din daiko. Then there's a bloody Daniel, Kamiko rising from the floor, and we see a bloody chosen. I mean, a lot's going on here, Sal. It is a fast cut montage. It is. And now we're back to a smiling Satara who's staring right at the camera until he closes his eyes, of course. And Sal, he just seems downright giddy and excited about the Karate Kid Part 2. Which made more money at the box office, Rocky IV or Karate Kid 2? I'm almost afraid to ask because Rocky was such a huge franchise, but did Rocky IV outgross Karate Kid 2? 
Man, Rocky IV was a hit. Yeah. Rocky IV was a big hit, but I'd have to check the numbers that I don't know offhand. Okay. Because, hey, part two made over $100 million, so I'm not shaking a stick at that. It very easily could have surpassed Rocky IV. Wow. It's a lot of money, but we'd have to look that up. And you know what the interesting thing is today, right now where we stand, if you were to look at video purchases or streamings, downloads of the Karate Kid franchise versus the Rocky franchise within the last two years, which do you think would win? I don't know. And they kept making Rocky movies and they got into Creed. Yes, yes. Now, Karate Kid's getting a shot in the arm because of Cobra Kai. So, I'll just say they're two very well-positioned franchises still moving forward. Yeah. Very impressive. Very impressive. I hope Rocky becomes a show on Netflix. Wow. What if we had a young Rocky Balboa? Yeah, that'd be great. So now you get a wide shot and the song is wrapping up. And as the last chorus comes up and Satara does a little dance move. And Sal, what's he doing with his hands this time? As Daniel consoles a grieving Miyagi, we cut back to Satara and he's got his hands over his heart as though he has the emotional connection with Daniel and Miyagi and with us, all of us. It's all one big happy Karate Kid family right now. Absolutely. And it's a touching scene. And then we see the dojo door close. And then Satira does some more dancing in place, I should add. And he's really grooving as the camera pans out and he repeats, we did it all for love a few times. Sal, you want to hit that one time? We did it all for love. We did it all for love. Four times. Four times. And then we have the credits come back on and then we fade to black. But wait, there's more. As they're fading to black, we then still see the glowing red symbol on the floor Yes, from Daniel's headband, right there glowing on the floor as we fade it to black, and then that slowly then fades to black. So the last image we see is that image on the floor of the dojo. That's right. So as I reflect on this more, I think this music video was made for the fans the people that have seen the movie and they want to revisit these scenes because it's chopped up. It's very fast paced. If you hadn't seen it, you're not going to remember these scenes probably, especially you, Sal, no offense with your cinemanesia, but I really think it's for the fans and I'm fine with what was in there. There wasn't like these big dialogue scenes. And so I do think it's a really great music video and one that really complements the movie more than I can remember. I think part of the point of a music video is to grab the viewer and give them incentive to see the motion picture. So it's kind of a reciprocal thing where the the movie should make you want to see the music video and the music video should make you want to see the movie. And one thing I will say about this music video, it's very Zen, which obviously Zen Buddhism. Part of Zen is simplicity. This video is very simple in structure, very simple in effects, but very neat, very clean, very smooth. They only worked with three elements. You had the dojo, you had Satara, and you had clips from the movie. You only had three elements, and they pulled it off nicely. The room is beautiful, very minimal. And then you had his wardrobe again, we've talked about, which was very utilitarian, one color. You didn't even notice it. And then you had the lighting was fantastic in there. And yeah, the way they use those screens or doors to kind of open and reveal the movie. Yeah, very simple, but yet very classy, polished. High production value, for sure. So great job, Peter Cetera, for creating The Glory of Love. Great job to the filmmakers for finding this song and for using it. Because I can't see this working in Rocky IV. I love Rocky IV. And this song does not belong in it. So the United Artist 
heads over there. Well done. Good choice. And yeah, and here we are. So the song still works, Sal. Yeah. As does the movie. Yeah. As does the movie. <laughs> Make sure you have some fun doing karaoke at home, especially during a, a global shutdown. Check out Glory of Love as well as other songs that are part of the Karate Kid and Cobra Kai franchise. Much like Survivor's Moment yeah. of Truth, or Joe Esposito's You're the Best, or whatever you want to hear. Mm-hmm. Our Bananarama, yeah. Cool yeah. Summer. <laughs> yeah. Now, Sal, as I watched this music video, we did notes and it was so fun going through the whole thing together, but I was seeing more of Chosen. And I thought in my mind, is there ever a world in which Chosen could be made out to be the victim of Daniel, much like Johnny was? I think the way that you could spin that is if you make Sato the ultra bad influence of Chosen so that Chosen was almost victim to Sato. If you see Chosen as victim to Sato, you can almost excuse some of his crimes and believe that he was sort of under the uh, hypnosis of Sato. So, yeah, I think you could probably pull that off. Well, you'd have to justify the things that Daniel did to him. Like, he got the villagers all mad at him. He got Kamiko to throw something at his shirt. You'd have to take the things that Daniel did and put a spin on him. And I mean, it's far-fetched, of course. It was far-fetched for Johnny. However, Johnny sees things a certain way, and we've all come around on Johnny because of Cobra Kai. But I just thought, could we reinvent Chosen? Because he really was this nasty villain who also shamed his uncle in the end of the movie and also tried to kill Daniel and, and Kamiko. So I don't know how you rehabilitate somebody, but it was just something that popped in my head. Well, speculation is that Terry Silver is going to be in Cobra Kai season three. That's just speculation. We don't have any evidence, but a lot of people are talking about that. If Terry Silver, as despicable as he was, could possibly make an appearance in season three, then it's entirely possible Chosen, who I think is only maybe half as evil as Terry Silver, can uh, make an appearance as well. So I I have not uh, abandoned hope. Yeah, plus he was young. And so this leads me to this. There was one little scene or nugget that Netflix had put out, which we were going to talk about on our Cobra Kai release date episode where we got into the teaser trailer, but we'll talk about it now. Cobra Kai season three, at least some of it will take place in Okinawa. And there's that sequence where it looks like we're in Okinawa, Sal, and we're in a dojo. There's Daniel, modern day Cobra Kai Daniel training. And what do we see, Sal? We see Daniel with somebody. We don't know who it is. We don't see their face. This person hip tosses Daniel, puts him on the ground. We hear Daniel say something about Mr. Miyagi having secrets or- Or we're family. He has no secrets for me. Yeah. And this voice says, you sure about that? As we see that sigh from Karate Kid Part 2 come down into the ground very dramatically. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, I've seen enough uh, forensic files to believe that that is most likely- Chosen as our suspect. But why would he be in a friendly spar with Chosen? Well, I'm just saying, maybe Chosen's been rehabilitated a little bit. I don't know, but I'm telling you, I cannot wait for January 8th. It's in my calendar. I'm ready. Me too. Well, that covers it. It was so much fun. It was great to have another special episode delving into a music video, our third one. There's other special things coming, and we have some more fun things on the horizon. Yeah, we're doing something right now that I'm really proud of. And we are digging into the Cobra Kai Karate Kid universe. We are going all over the place. So if you have any ideas, be sure to let us know if you know any nuggets out there. Actually, I just found one today for an upcoming episode. And Jason, I will tell you off the air. I found one as well. So we'll talk. Thank you so much for listening. And we greatly appreciate it if you could subscribe, rate, and review us 
wherever you get your podcast. You can also follow us on social media at Let's Talk Cobra Kai, and please message us if you have any comments or questions. If you'd like to become a Patreon supporter of the show, just search for Let's Talk Cobra Kai. And if you're just curious about our other shows, please visit JustCuriousMedia.com. No mercy.